Welcome to another episode of the MediaCast here on the Funkit Pod. Uh, glad to have you here again. Uh, glad, glad you listen, you tune in wherever you are. Awesome. And today there's actually again lots, lots to unpack here on this um, Friday. Uh, lots to unpack of what happened in the media this past week. As always, I pick out a few things that I think are rather interesting. And for the first time now, I also answer a few questions. So if you have questions in regards to what happened in the media, what, what's going on, can you explain something, shoot them uh, my way. I will try to answer as much as I can today with the first one that is a bit more extensive even, which was really fun to get into. But let's start first with what's happening in the media. And of course, one thing that we have to discuss again is the number one, I'm not sure if it's number one, but the trending social media app that I mentioned last time already, Clubhouse. Yeah, it's, it's actually not that new anymore because it's been founded, I think, a year ago or so. But it's still trending, still on Twitter. Everyone is like, hey, do you have an invite? Can you invite me? And so on. Um, don't ask me. But there are lots of still trends on Twitter where people ask and share what they're doing and so on, right? So Clubhouse still trending. They also, I believe, announced another round of funding and they even uh, added now a few and let me look so that I don't say anything wrong. They added a few more jobs to the website, actually two jobs in regards to trust and privacy, meaning they're taking this really serious right now uh, and making good use of the received funding. So looking forward where this is going, it's, it seems it's there to stay. So yeah, well, let, let's see where this is going, right? Um, when I discuss with others, like, hey, what do you think about Clubhouse and so on? And when I, when I check social media, of course, the ones who are on there, they are raging about it. And everyone wants to be on there because apparently it's super easy to talk to like all those stars and hang out in the rooms with those stars and so on. Um, you can just hang out with Kevin Hart or what I know, or Oprah, or I don't know if Oprah's on there, but you know what I mean. Um, and it's certainly pretty cool. Uh, however, it's also kind of funny that the idea of voice chat, radio, like, you know, first podcast and now, now this app building on like the, the idea of like voice interaction. We thought, we thought it always needs to be like visuals, 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 visuals. And now it's like, nah, voice is cool. Uh, I mean, this is probably also just like, uh, like why is Clubhouse so, so, so successful or why is it booming right now? I don't think it's successful just yet, but why is it booming and trending and so on? Um, I think one of the issues or one of the reasons it's not an issue why it is so successful or trending is simply that people want this deeper connection. We, we are sick of the, and excuse my language, bullshit uh, connections that you see on IG or even on TikTok. Um, there are lots of us, we want real connections, right? And it just seems more real when you actually talk to people and can to listen to actual people, to actual thoughts, and you can exchange ideas and so on. So I think that that's one reason why Clubhouse is kind of booming in, in the moment. And it's not just a technological thing, because I, I, I don't think that the technology behind Clubhouse is that extraordinary, right? I mean, as we all know, and I also talk about this at, at uni all the time, it's not about the technological development necessarily. It's about how we use it, how society adopts to it, adapts to it, how we use it, and how we adopt uh, this media into our lives. Um, and Clubhouse just found the right approach in A, how they approach the game, and B, how they, how they sell, how they market uh, their place. And making it invite-only for now is certainly a, a good idea. 
Um, luckily, the news said that um, they're working on high speed on their on their Android app, which is uh, good news for well, Android users. Um, so looking forward to that. Once Android is on there as well, or one, once it is on Android as well, they should see an increase in users, of course. Um, but then the question remains, will it still be cool and trendy once everybody can go there? Then, because then you will have even more nut jobs just hosting rooms or just just talking, right? Um, so it's like, do you give everybody then a platform or don't you, or do you vet those people? Do you vet people who want to speak before? And then in order to be a speaker, you get, I don't know, a verification badge or whatever. Yeah, we verify that he's, he or she is not a nut job or that, uh, I don't know, you vetted the ident identity uh, or whatever in case someone says something stupid. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. I think that's also something they are most certainly um, working on. Another thing that sets uh, Clubhouse apart is well that you feel like you are in a club. Uh, and that's, that, that's, a, that's a cool thing because people, humans, they strive for, I know, belonging. They want to belong to something. And it's a very basic psychological trait that we all have. You can see this like in I mean, take psychology classes, media classes, communication classes. Everybody takes a, uh, talks about like how this form of belonging is important. We talk about in groups and out groups and communication. So you want to belong to a group just so that you feel you feel better, you feel safe, you feel like you're valuable, and so on. And this clubhouse thing, especially right now where it's invite only, uh, certainly helps with with this and makes use of this trait of this this human trait and that's a smart smart um approach of course so yeah, i'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes um when i talked with my students about it um i, I talked with a first year class about it so they are right around 20 80 90 20 around that age um i would say two-thirds of them here in, uh, is a class here in bangkok they weren't that excited, but I think it might also be because um, well, TikTok is still still trending here, and it might just take a while to actually think about it. A few, however, they they didn't answer right away when I asked. They were like, "Okay, let's just think about it." Did some research, and then they said, "Okay, that's actually a cool idea. Uh, it's different." Uh, then uh, connected it to what I just said with like the human traits and 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 so on and how it makes you feel, and then they said it might actually be a cool idea. So I do think it can also work in other regions of the world. So looking forward to seeing what happens once it's here and once it's on Android and once it opens up, if it remains cool and trendy or if it's just cool and trendy right now because you can't have it. If you have a clubhouse invite, <laughs> I'm kidding. I've got them too, but I don't give it to anyone. <laughs> Let me know what you think about clubhouse in the comments. Are you on clubhouse? Are you enjoying those rooms? Do you hang out with Kevin Hart for real? Um, and what's happening? Let me know. Okay, but so while I lead in with this because I still think it's interesting and it's social media and so on, the story of the week, of course, was the stock market. And why do I talk about finance here? Because sign up here down on my link below. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not selling anything. Um, I mean, the media, social media played a huge role in, I was about to say, the effort effing up the stock market this past week did you see you, you saw what happened or read what happened everybody saw and read what happened um reddit effed up a <laughs> stock exchange that was amazing to see and it's still ongoing kind of so i think first uh, gamestop was the number one stock that everybody went for right 
um, like some, and I'm sorry I forgot the name and I didn't note it down because I really dislike those people. And uh, I used to work in finance before, uh, actually bef before I studied media and communication and so on. And I left this behind me and I don't ever want to go back. So uh, forgive me for just um, not jumping too much into this. But yeah, so, so one of some of those hedge fund people, they bet on GameStop, even uh, GameStop, sorry, the stock of GameStop. <laughs> tanking even more or tanking further and then they would make millions because they're betting on it tanking then on reddit uh, in the wall street in the uh, wall street subreddit they said okay hey let's f f f them what, what the hell are they doing um so they all conspire if you want to uh to then buy gamestop stock the gamestop stock uh went through the roof the only way for those hedge funds who bet on gamestop stock falling um in order to avoid losing all the money is basically to then buy gamestop stock to avoid losing too much but if they buy gamestop stock <laughs> then the stock will go up even more and so everybody's happy and so uh, everybody involved except those those big hedge funds made lots of money there was a story on reddit about like a guy who invested all his savings 50k and then he made like millions out of that didn't verify it but sounds very nice um and that's just a nice thing to do the thing that happened then of course was that then wall street say hey those average people making money in with the same approach that we, we use usually to make money that's not cool we have to stop that and then um robin hood for example a trading app some, uh, restricted trading for gamestop or for certain accounts even i believe which is of course an a-hole move robin hood you suck um of course, then other platforms, I believe, uh, followed suit. Lots of outrage there. Then the stock dropped again because you couldn't buy uh, buy or sell it anymore. Then they lifted the restriction. Then it then it, it uh, soared again. Lots of back and forth. GameStop wasn't the only one. There was also, I believe, AMC was another one. And some some funny stuff also on Instagram, seeing like how how there are some users in front of AMC and praising it. <laughs> kind of funny scenes. Um, and then when this was a bit too old school, then they said, okay, let's do this in the crypto space as well. As well, Let's just shoot Dogecoin to the moon and to the moon it went. A 300, 400% increase within a day. If you look at the Dogecoin, uh, the Dogecoin graph right now, it's hilarious. It's like, a if you look at a one year development, it's just like, like really low. And then yesterday it just spiked through the roof. And now today it's like coming a little bit back down again because everybody's selling. and again restrictions on uh, trading dogecoin have been implemented in on, on certain platforms because uh, of course those big companies don't like when the average joe is making all the money that usually only big companies are making why because they're a-holes and that's why i stopped working in finance um but it was just nice to see that how the every man sticks it every man the be people behind that probably also not every man but how still every man can be kind of involved in sticking it to Wall Street. Actually, I really don't care who's really behind it, because uh, I mean, there it's lot, lots of financial knowledge in those Wall Street forums on Reddit. So I don't think it's just the normal average Joe uh, who's behind all that, but doesn't matter. Stick it to Wall Street, I'm all for it. Finance is the worst, it's the devil. And uh, if it, this leads to normal people making some money, I'm all for it. And if this leads to those Wall Street people, <coughs> they're not really people anymore, those, those devils, if, if that leads to them losing money, um, I'm not losing any sleep over it.
Uh, yeah. The funny thing then was that actual Wall Street people came out and asked to regulate those uh, social media forums or those apps. <laughs> people who never ask for regulation because they want an open market so they can buy and sell whatever they want, they ask for regulations. It's hilarious, it's ridiculous. And, oh God, I'm making this a political podcast now, and politicians coming out f asking the same and supporting the same, like Elizabeth Warren. I'm so glad, and I'm not in the US, I'm not a US citizen, I don't, don't even live there, so don't add me, but I'm so glad she's not a president. Nothing Biden is much different, but it, I mean, what she just said, like supporting those, the calls for restrictions, like what the heck is wrong with you? On the other hand, we've seen some politicians coming out supporting um, Reddit, in this case, the, those Redditors, saying, yeah, let's go for it. Of course, uh, AOC was one of them, um, but even Ted Cruz agreed, agreed with her. So even politicians from both sides of the aisle supported them. And if you can see that even politicians are hating on Wall Street, how bad has Wall Street to be <laughs> to get politicians from left and right hating you? Right? That, that tells you something. But enough with the politics on this podcast for now, kind of. Um, back to the media point that shows the power of social media, which is amazing, right? So we're hating a lot on social media and we're hating a lot on like media and how it's being used to corrupt people and so on. And we're going to do this in 25 seconds again. But for a short moment, social media stuck it to wall street and man i'm happy about this <laughs> all right yeah don't give up keep keep it up keep up the good fight or whatever you want to say i don't know what's what's the slogan but i hope uh, we see a few more of those things before it's been shut down of course let's stick with social media for now um tim cook came out as the savior of, of society uh, criticizing social media practices which intensified in the conflict with Facebook because Apple, Facebook, they're not the best buddies. Tim Cook said uh, there's lots of fake news and misinformation on social media and that's why social media needs to be regulated. Um, and lots of politicians again came out and said, yeah, Tim Cook, you're right. And then they uh, even bipartisan support here. Um, yeah politicians on left and right of the aisle said yes we need to have social media regulations in, in place uh, to avoid misinformation and fake news but then again the question is a really apple tim cook the savior of society <laughs> because apple only has the best intentions in mind and they don't they don't want our money at all or anything at like that right of course not um hmm and then Siri stop listening to me and then secondly if politicians are like all like yeah let's do it let's get restrictions in place who do you think that's because they really care about us or is it rather because the more restrictions and regulations we have the easier it is to prevent social media from sharing and posting and publishing certain things Right, so this is something that we also need to think of, think of. Like regulations, yeah, of course, fake news are annoying. Misinformation is something that we don't want to read and don't want to see. But how about focusing on media literacy instead of just putting more and more regulations out there? If everybody is literate enough when it comes to media, social media, then maybe fake news and misinformation aren't that much of a problem anymore. So instead of lobbying and uh, taking Mark out for like fake for like nice dinners. 
how about educating people on how media works and then making sure everyone is literate and doesn't fall for fake news anymore, people. Hmm? I'm feeling like Alex Jones right now when he's <laughs> starting to um, talk louder and getting enraged, but that's the topic really close to my heart because um, media literacy is one thing that's still being ignored everywhere. It's been ignored here in Asia, here in Thailand in particular, but everywhere else in Asia as well, Southeast Asia, but also in the developed world, back home, in the West, the US, Germany, wherever. Yeah, media, media literacy is something nobody talks about because we just assume everybody is aware of how media works and everybody is able to use media because everybody can have a Facebook account. And it's just not the case. Yeah, While everybody can set up an account, doesn't mean everybody knows how to use it. Yeah, everybody can have a bank account, doesn't mean everybody is good at finance. So back to finance. So that's just ridiculous to think. So focusing on educating the public on how media can be used how like who influences what who owns the media no no one knows no one i mean yes we know if you do research you can figure it out but i believe the broad public does not know who's in charge that there are just five or six big players out there that own all those tv channels like i don't know rupert murdoch for example and then disney owns everything else and uh, in Germany we have Battlesman Group for example who, who owns basically everything so they have like five or six players out of that, that that share all the other channels amongst them so this illusion of choice right you think you have free choice of what you want to consume but actually you don't because there are just five six big players out there that share everything so if the broad public would know that I believe uh, many people would react different to the news of course that wouldn't fix everything because at the end of the day why does it why does media work right now why do we believe the media because we are too lazy or too tired too exhausted from our jobs to actually look into where the news come from and to verify those news so we say okay i like this anchor um i believe him right so that's that's why news work and that's why why we follow certain publications because it, somehow they gained our trust and then we just believe what they're saying so it's not gonna stop but if the public is more literate in regards to media, maybe yeah, fake news and misinformation wouldn't be that much of a big problem anymore. <sighs> Rant over, I hope for now. And it's a really big, big, big topic for me. So I think media literacy is important, especially now that we are hopefully post-pandemic, close-ish at least. At the pandemic obviously led us to using media, digital media, even more than ever before. We all rely on social media, the internet, and so on. So if we don't really understand who's in charge, who's in control of whatever, why does CNN say this? Why does Fox say this? Why do I see this on, on Facebook? Why don't I see this on Facebook? And so on. Um, then I cannot make educated decisions. So again, spend money on educating the people education can change the world lots of people have said that and it's still true so spend money on educating people media literacy matters sorry i'm trying to calm down now but that's really something that's important and always just regulating will not help and we know that the more regulations you put into place right the more people are gonna be against you you try to take something away from them they're gonna hate you you blocking trump from twitter by the way i heard he's back on twitter i haven't read any tweets but 
apparently he got his personal Twitter account back. Yay! Um, taking something away does not mean it stops. Yeah, if you blocking something here, I'm gonna find a way to access it. For example, here in Thailand, porn is blocked. Do you think no one here watches porn? Exactly. It takes something away, people are gonna find a way to access it. So just having more regulations and saying, you can post this, you can post, this, post that, then I might not read it on Facebook, then maybe I go to, what's it called? America One, One American Network or whatever. Yeah, then maybe I don't spend time any here anymore. Maybe I go to Parler and I find a way to download it from wherever. If it's not on Amazon, I find a different way to download it. And I'm like, screw you, establishment, you freaking snowflakes. Now I'm even more hardcore. So even more regulations, I'm not sure that helps. What do you think? <laughs> more regulations, yes, no. What, what are your thoughts on media literacy? How important is it? Do you think we're on a good way there or what's up? And do you buy into Tim Cook having the best of society in mind when he criticizes social media with Facebook in particular? One thing that I also read this week and then I'm moving on from social media was um, a headline that is not surprising, nothing new. It, it just read um, social media damages teenagers mental health and that's no surprise, there's nothing completely new. It's just sad that we still have to read it. So they are still, this, the cases are still increasing apparently of, of mental health diagnosis. Um, suicide rates are up during the pandemic, I believe, uh, in all age groups and all demographics, so then also for teenagers, unfortunately. So this is the one thing where I am now struggling to say, back to the point before, would regulations make sense here? Or would, is there a need for social media platforms to implement some kind of safety feature to avoid teenagers, young, adult, young adults, kids being exposed to something that is unhealthy for them? Thoughts that are put in their minds that are unhealthy. But how would you do that? Say, okay, you can see Kim Kardashian if you're under 18, under 21 or whatever then they're using fake IDs, fake names, fake accounts, whatever, right? Hmm. You can buy fake accounts and set up fake accounts, fake telephone numbers, fake IDs. So there are ways to avoid this. So would this help? Not sure. Probably not. So then what else would you do? And that's, that's a serious question because there is no clear-cut answer, at least not for me, um, because again, prohibiting things, regulating things will not be a cure. Mm, it makes it a bit more difficult to access for a few, but people, teenagers especially, uh, Gen C especially, will figure things out very fast. Uh, digital natives, they don't have a problem with this, and then they can use it anyway. So what's the solution here? I'm really curious about this, so do let me know, shout out. Um, I will be discussing this also in one of my upcoming classes. So then next week for the media cast, I will just recap and maybe talk about what, what, we, th what we thought in class, what, what was the outcome of our discussion. So, but in the meantime, please do let me know. Uh, I will pass this on and will use that shamelessly um, as yeah, some pointers for my discussions. Okay, lastly now, and I, I promise I'm coming down now, um, no more ranting. 
the qu- I got a question because some media classes, uh, some media students, they talk about um, how Marxism uh, affects or can be used in the media or how Marxism became a media theory. And I'm just going to condense it very, very briefly. Very, I condense it by a lot right now. Um, so if you want to know more, you have to come to my classes or to any other uh, media class. But so in theory, Marx, Karl Marx, um, the father of communism, if you want to, and don't switch off the video just because it's like communism. I'm not talking about communism now, but he basically established the thoughts that he said, okay, um, capitalism sucks. He said capitalism only benefits the rich, right? He then created all those pyramids where he said, okay, in the pyramid, you have the, the rich and wealthy and powerful on top. And then you have the bourgeois and, and, and then you're going slowly down. Then you have like the average normal um, working people down here, right? The lower class. And he said they work really hard and they try to make money, but it's really hard to sustain a living. And then they, in this level, they make money out of, off of them. They make money off them. And then the very rich, they make money off them. And then that's how they become richer and richer and richer, right? Um, which is true. We can also see this in the pandemic right now, uh, that the super rich are still getting richer while the average Joe struggles, unless you invest in GameStop. <laughs> GameStop. Um, and this also applies to the media. Um, how, in, in which regard and how does did Marx see that fit or how did media researchers see fit how Marxism fits into um, the whole mm, media studies approach? Well, simple. Who's in charge of media is the question. Are we in charge of media? And when we look at the pyramid here right now, then the end user, the consumer is on the bottom. We consume what the media channels on top, what they produce. And then what they produce depends on the owner of said channels, right? So owner, the channel, and then like distributing channels and, and so on. Then down there, that is us. Us meaning now the consumer not the producer so now while thanks to the internet and social media and so on we can also create content like what i do right now and what you do when you if you have vlogs and so on um still most media is being created by a small amount of people there are billions of people out there in the world and not everybody is creating content so there are less people creating content than people are consuming right why because it's exhausting to create content um it, you need some kind of technical abilities. You need a platform to reach people. Um, the bigger the platform, the better, and so on. It, th- that makes sense, right? So that's why Marxism fits here by saying that only the ones in charge, which is the ruling elite, can decide what's being put in the media and can decide which messages are being shown in the media. Because the people owning those channels are probably rather wealthy those people of the ruling elite it's not you and me who own those channels right when who decide what's on the channel so who decides what's in a, what, what's on what's on tv the channel owners of course but who influences them probably their rich friends or maybe even um politicians and so on the government because they need to establish and maintain some kind of beneficial relationship so that they get tax cards and and whatnot right so it's the ruling system the elite is in charge and the people down there, not really. And that's how this whole Marxism thing fits here. Um, so by saying only a few decide what's ha- what happens, what gets put in the media, and this then just comes down and then um, the, poor pu- the poorer, the, the, the end user consumer is simply just consuming it. 
that's of course not a hundred percent true because still you can ha you have your free thoughts you can make choices do you believe what you see don't you believe what you see if you see something that you don't like you can switch off you you buy a different newspaper and so on so marxism in this case and in any case is not the answer to everything it's not a perfect theory to explain everything it's just one way to look at it there are others like pluralism for example that see the world a little bit different and i might just explain this in the next video because i don't want to overload um, the videos and the podcast with too many media theories plus i need to sell my classes too so if you want more of this just come and join my class um, that would be nice to see you there somehow <laughs> i don't know how if you're not at my university but uh, we, maybe we can make that happen but if there's interest i'm going to explain more maybe next week we talk about pluralism which has a different um, viewpoint compared to marxism when it comes to the media and then we can just compare it and see what actually applies anyways that was a very short breakdown um, of like the marxist approach to media more if you want to in one of the next podcasts so as always let me know what you're interested in any question questions just shout out either via comment email twitter ig clubhouse room anything goes i'm looking forward to this um any last message let me think what, what should i be saying i don't know what's what's the thing for for stocks right now no hodl gang is uh is not cool anymore was for crypto bitcoin what, what are we saying right now i don't know to the moon <laughs> see you next week take care